You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello and, Hello and welcome. God damn it. Hello and welcome to the Noise Direction Podcast. Noise Direction Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where people who spend too much time on punk teach you how to spend too much time on punk. Or warn you about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'll be <laughs> a college dropout asking people for tips on your radio show. Um, which is me the point that's you being, right yeah, yeah, yeah the point i'm being, doing one of those shows i'm doing a gimme good, radio show that's actually good. on my list did you go to college oh, i'm excited about it i did a uh i did a semester at western michigan university back in 1995 and then i put in a i put in a couple credits over at the academy of art college in san francisco around 1999 but uh no i'm i have a i have a high school diploma my friend um i'm trying to do, do i have a high school diploma <laughs> anyway did you graduate uh well you don't know if you graduated did you finish high school in france I, or no yeah i finished America? high school in france yeah so i'm pretty sure i have a high school diploma i have i think i have an international baccalaureate which is different but oh dang i know right mm, put that in me. your put that in your fucking bio dude international baccalaureate sick. yeah yeah um <laughs> I actually almost failed because me and this girl spent the entire time going down on various objects in the test room. Going <laughs> down on? Like, like we'd like okay. go down on a pen. Like what? Because we were like 17 and they were like, you have three hours to write an essay. And we were like, nah, <laughs> like we're just going to fuck around in this room. Fuck that. <laughs> this has been Penthouse Forum Podcast with Maddie Bacon. <laughs> No, as in like pretending to blow a pen, not like each other, just to be clear. <laughs> Regardless, we got all off track here. Uh, what we wanted to talk about was, um, fuck, what we Let's do a little wrap on last, let's follow up yeah. on last week. Okay, so. Last week. So there was a lot of interesting stuff last week when we talked about booking. I have like, I think like a 30 minute threshold of listening to myself talk. I don't know if that's problematic for having a podcast or not, but once I did just doing shorter listen episodes. to the, I didn't listen to the final 10 minutes not, because I like got exhausted of hearing myself yell, but I maybe hopefully other people like it. <laughs> it seems like other people like it. We're very grateful to the like couple hundred of you who seem to be checking in every week. That's yeah. Like, I love you guys. And everybody who writes like every time I get a little like, I actually, I love doing the podcast. Don't get me wrong. But anytime that it seems like I don't want to take the time to do it, like I all like fucking open Instagram and have a message from somebody like that just says they listened and they did something or it inspired them or it wasted their time or whatever, but it, it keeps it going. So it's nice. You know, what's the yeah. difference. I think we're it's not getting enough hate messages. If you have a good hate message for this podcast, like I'd like to receive that. I don't want that. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Niceness is priceless. Niceness if you don't like it, priceless. if you don't like the podcast, hit turn it off now. Um, you know the thing I, with making videos, I'm, I'll fucking uh, I crack myself up in videos with my expressions, like and then like <laughs> hearing myself, like like without the visual, I get tired of myself faster. I yeah, but your videos are also pretty short right yeah yeah they are i try to i think five minutes is really long to look 
to stay on one thing. It's funny. Like yeah. a person will spend like six hours on their phone, but they won't spend more than one minute on any one thing. Oh, you totally. need 600 different things to look at. Um, so the point being, let's well, just we not talk do about, a podcast today. Just, just talk about whatever. <laughs> no. Um, so we wanted to talk about booking. There was a couple things with booking we didn't get into uh, that I just wanted to take some time to address. Um, okay. What was, what was a big thing you think we missed last week? Matt? And so the big thing we didn't talk about last week was holds. And so holds are basically, this is how tour booking works on a higher level. Okay. Is you reach out and you get what's called a hold. And so a hold is where, you know, the venue says, okay, you, you have this night if you can lock it in with a full lineup, right? And if you can lock in a full lineup, then the venue will give you the night. But if you can't lock in a full lineup, then someone else can come in and lock one in. And then you have 24 hours to beat them, right? So like if I have a hold at St. Vitus Bar- And that's and when it gets really fun. This is where it gets tricky, <laughs> right? So like, say I have a hold at St. Vitus Bar for- june 22nd and i'm having a hard time getting bands if scotty comes in he has what's called and asks uh dave the booker at st vitus bar hey could i book something he'll say oh you have second hold if scotty can come up with a lineup before i can then dave at st vitus bar goes to me and says matt scotty has a lineup you have 24 hours to to beat him on this otherwise you're going to lose your place in line and so I come in and I have to either come, come up with something or I'm screwed. And this can actually go to the point where there's like fourth or fifth holds even because for a whole variety of It will be reasons. this fall, man. Right yeah, now, exactly. every venue that hasn't closed down has got a hold every fucking Yeah, and, and they've Tuesday, got Wednesday, or, Thursday, they've Friday. Got fourth or fifth holds, right? So like the people who have fourth or fifth holds really need to get their shit together. But on the flip side, something to be aware of is like a big agent will come in just so they can have flexibility and get like first hold like a year out on a week of dates in a club. I know. Yeah. On a whole, on a five day block. Or so sometimes like it's, it's easier to challenge. Sometimes you're told your third hold, but it's like two agents who never really were going to use that day anyway. And so you're able to come in with something, you know? So, th- so this is useful information. This isn't, now, when, when we're talking about booking your first couple DIY tours, often this is going to be, this is going to be the job of the local promoter that yeah. your, your local contact will be the one making the holds. You're probably not going to be putting holds on venues from across, from, from across the nation, right? But you're going to need this if you're going to fulfill your deal of also helping book shows at, in your town to build your network and, and credibility. And also, you know, when you check in with the, prom- I want you to know what you're talking about when you check in with the promoter and the promoter says, oh, you know, you, you're, you're third hold here. So I'm trying to get you locked in. So now picture you know- me, Maddie, picture me when I first started booking bigger shows, like, I don't know, like for like a band on relapse or something when I, when I'm still doing like houses and, and DIY venues. And then, or like the first time I'm, I'm working with booking agents and they're like, Okay, what about a door deal and a price split? And I'm like on Google frantically like, okay, uh, yeah, whatever you want. And then I'm looking up like door deal, <laughs> price split. Yeah, so I mean, this, it's okay it, to not know this shit. You get yeah. in over your head. 
You can you can fake it. Tune into my podcast. Were, these were the other two things I wanted to talk about were door deals and price splits because people don't understand these either. So one thing I want to put in for me. One well, one thing I want to put in before um before we leave holds, because you were talking, you know, this is where it, the competitiveness of promoters kicks in. And one of the things after listening to, well, the first 31 minutes of last week's podcast that I was thinking about is that sometimes I don't want to make everything like sound super easy or that like it was like so fucking easy for me. And so if you don't do it, you're fucking fucking up super bad. Like it's so much trial and error. And uh, but the one thing, man, more than any other fucking place, dude, I find a lot of camaraderie and being in a band with other bands, even if there's even if there's a little competition in that tons of camaraderie with other record labels show promoting cutthroat it's like everyone's on opposing football teams man it can get rough i shit i got good at booking shows out of spite for like my whole all my 20s you know yeah and uh so it's rough And, and then without like going too much down that hole of negativity um this is another reason why you can partner up with someone you know um you can be the guy that brings a bill to your other friend who has the in at the bar, stuff like that. That's where you can team up and uh, you're going to want a couple partners when the fucking other promoter across town comes for you. Yeah. Because they will. <laughs> right. They because they will. Cause like you and get the to best a point- thing is if you can become friends with that, if you can work out a friendship, that's going to be really beneficial. hundred percent thing about promoting is it's like such a thankless position this is why also i think people in bands should be in promoting because they don't need so much back out of it than just playing the show where it's like getting into promotion like you're not gonna get the credit that honestly that you deserve for the work that you that goes into putting on and promoting a good show you it doesn't like come in big waves of of gratitude and from the scene it's It's really a grind it's the hardest job with the least money for sure local local booker for sure even on a larger level because once you get to a larger level there's nights when you make your rent and there's nights where you got to come out of pocket the the gamble part of the big show game turned me off yeah well that yeah that's like the like i've definitely had that even at saint vitus bar which is only a 250 cap room like i've definitely had nights where i was like oh my god i need to go ask the adult i know for 300 bucks (laughs) you know and i had to be like steve please help (laughs) you know and then and and that's a good example of why it pays to have a relationship with your local people because i've done the same thing with tom at the metro like shit man how many paid Ooh, yeah i i need to give these guys fifteen hundred dollars tonight um can i make it up to you or can i paypal you or or you know and and a lot of times if if you book good shows and you have a stinker and you have that good relationship the club will meet you in the middle there or in some cases even just eat it and so now getting into stinkers and all this stuff so door deals and and um and uh splits so let's break this down so a door deal simply put is when the venue says you just get a percentage of the amount that comes through the door and sometimes it's after dollar zero and sometimes you know so like from the first ticket it's a 70 30 door deal and you get seven dollars of every ten dollar ticket 
or it's you get paid after um, expenses are paid. Make sure you know whether what the expenses are ahead of time, because if you think you're getting 70, 30 and you count a hundred people in the room that you might not be doing that math, right? Yeah. But also, but also even like if you're on like a real DIY level and you're expecting like 25 people to show up, like make sure, you know, if you're getting paid on dollar zero, or if you're going to have to pay the sound guy out of your own pocket. Cause I've had that happen to people not fun you know like understand if the club views you as the promoter this is why it's good to work with a promoter because the promoter kind of has to cover that cost of the sound guy you know because otherwise if you book a club a show with a club direct the club is going to treat you as the promoter and hold you liable for paying the sound person um so that's an important so don't so don't go on tour until you can put enough people in the fucking crowd to Pay the sound man. <laughs> yeah, no, but just like, just so you know how door deals work, you know. Now, can you break down splits, Scotty? Okay, so the split happens after a certain. So a split, once you get into this, the band probably wants a guarantee. And really when a band wants, starts asking for guarantees and splits and stuff, you're probably dealing with a booking agent at that, at that level once you start getting into these terms. Yeah. But the split, this is where as a promoter, you can make good money too, because so you'll set the expenses and then you'll agree with the booker. Okay. The band needs 500 bucks, a thousand bucks. Then the following split is okay. After we hit the expenses, after we hit the band's guarantee, and then the third part of the expenses in this equation is that the promoters cut, right? Which it will be a, a certain amount. So now what we're getting at is the promoters got their cut. The bands got their guarantee. The expenses cover the sound man, the the venue rental, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Flyering and promotion. You know, this is where, I mean, something new was, you know, in the last, I guess it's been a while now, but in the last five years, at least adding on, you know, another hundred dollar expense for Facebook ads on top of the $25 for flyers. Right. Yeah. The split then comes there's so you can do the math and there's a certain number and you're like, okay, cool. If we get 99 people paid, that covers my cut, the band's guarantee and all the expenses. Now, every ticket sold beyond that now will get split in an agreed upon fashion, probably in the band's favor. So basically, let's say. Let's say you make $2,000 at the door and your expenses were initially $800 for the band, $200 for the promoter and sound person. So now there's $1,000 over, right? Usually you'll get like a 70-30 split. Of yeah, that I was going to say, you'll probably go seven more bands, seven more bucks to the band and three more bucks to the promoter, every ticket, additional ticket above that. Once you hit those numbers and for the record, anything below a 50, 50 split after I is kind of, is kind of shitty in my, in my, in the promoter's favor. Yeah. Like, like I think 50, Oh yeah. The band should all the band after that split should always be like 70% band for sure. And sometimes we're already talking about everyone's already been paid. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but you know, sometimes people are, 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 
weird and like like the other side of this right is that like people don't promote pe- the people who are local promoters are not necess- are not fucking captains of industry <laughs> you know what i mean like not all of them 100% know of it. a lot of them are very smart cool people but some of them like didn't factor in for themselves to get paid so they're going to give you a lower uh split cut cuz that's when they wanted to make money right so like and then not everyone is trying to fuck you is what i'm trying to say some people just set up their deals different well and this is where it's going to come in handy with my biggest message of uh of last week's show which is to you know um be kind of be be participating in your side and hooking up good shows and taking care of bands because when my homies roll through I don't take shit unless we make a ton of money. Like I want to give yeah. them the fattest thing. I want to hook yeah, them. Cause up. that's always the best feeling when it's just like, when you like roll up to your buddy and you've got like $3,000 in twenties, like drug dealer shit. It's like, I was the first promoter to ever pay a band a thousand dollars at burnt ramen. That's awesome. It was fucking massive. I didn't take a fucking penny. But I paid Vitamin X a thousand bucks to play a fucking, you know, 120 person DIY fucking BYOB. I'm pretty warehouse. sure I'm, I was the first person to pay someone a thousand at Matchless, which was insane. We had this venue at like double capacity and on a hundred degree day. I thought we were going to die. It was a great Wofat show. <laughs> now, now what's nice is that, I, I mean, the, the ticket prices have, have finally gone up in the last yeah. few years. I mean, when I paid Vitamin X a thousand bucks, I mean, that show might have been seven at the door for international hardcore bands, you know? And now I could do 15 on that and people wouldn't be like, oh, fuck that. They would be like, yeah. oh, okay, yeah, a band's coming from fucking the Netherlands plus, you know, stacked locals, 15, you know? Yeah, no, and that's also cool. Now, um, there was another point I just wanted to touch on here. Uh, just in terms okay. of how to how to run your ads for a show, this is what I do for your mate booking in Australia, a booking agency who I do the marketing for. Okay, very simple. This is one of the easier types of ads to run. Uh, so if you're doing pre-sale tickets, okay, all you're gonna do is set a radius around your city. It depends on your city how big this radius is gonna be. Like, you know, ask yourself how big is the is the the drive-in crowd, the suburb crowd, right? So like New York City, not necessarily a huge suburb crowd because we're the biggest goddamn city in the world, you know? Kansas City, people are coming from 100 miles away to see shows there, right? Yeah. So that's how you kind of set your radius. And then you just plug in uh, three to five relevant bands. And that's just the best way to do it. Like there's other stuff you can do with tracking, et cetera. That's kind of be. I could, it's beyond the scope of this podcast for now. Um, but, but that's what's nice. I mean, I never, I I just want to break down that core concept. God, every time I do a localized ad, I get jealous of local businesses that only cater to their local people. And I think, God, it must be so easy for you to use these ads because when, you know, when Matt and I are doing a promotion for a tank crimes record, I mean, most of my record buyers, honestly, are right here in California, then secondarily, like the United States before it goes to like the mainland Europe and stuff and Australia. But 
there's not a big, I mean, when we target, we target whole countries and multiple countries, you know, yeah. like I always think about like the vegan food truck, just it's to put a fucking 10 mile radius on it. They can really hit any person who's ever had any interest in a fucking sandwich, you know? So yeah. you can do this with the local shows. You can really hit them all. Um, yeah. And, and like everyone in your city who's cool will kind of see that and be able to decide is this a concert I would like to go to? Yes or no? Everybody you know? is cool. All the grandmas on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, so so I just wanted to break that down for you real fast. Um, you know, and also like as a general other rule, this is especially important in rock and metal where uh, where like Facebook is still very much a thing. Have a good event page, for God's sake. People yeah, it's look been at a while. For, People look at that shit for like details. Like if you don't have a good event page, people aren't good, you know, list the set times, list, uh, you know, directions if you need to uh, make sure that everything is clearly set up there because otherwise people are just going to be frustrated. And I got another tip and wow, I haven't, that was just a flashback. I forgot about, I forgot about Facebook event pages, Batty, until right now. It's been so fucking long, <laughs> but uh, a little, a little trick that your boy Scotty would do and will do again in the future is everybody who had, who has clicked maybe, or, or even a more positive response will get an update when the event page holder posts right so don't like blow your load when you make the page and post everybody's fucking youtube videos and shit have yeah. something to post every other day every three days to remind everyone get remind those maybes that the show's coming up keep people going it'll give somebody another excuse to maybe share the post with a friend or or message it to somebody to come so Put all the information there and then come back every couple days and drop a yeah. YouTube video, drop some information about the thing, put up the rest of the band's tour dates. Uh, you, there's just, there's tiny little things you can do without being a punisher that will give people little notifications and help them remember. And yeah. God, that is some nostalgia. I cannot wait to make a fucking, I, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I can't wait I, to have a show, man. I introduced two people for a tour date. Uh, earlier last week and it was like orgasmic i was like oh my god i used to hate <laughs> when people would hit me up and be like man you you know a bunch of people can you tell me who to play with in omaha um you know i like i used to hate that because it was just like i'm not your fucking booking agent but then someone asked me and i was so excited to be like i have a guy in omaha and he's really cool and you can stay with him do you know what I mean? Um, like, I just like missed that. I missed, y you know what I mean? Yeah. Bringing up smaller scenes uh, reminds me of something I want to touch on, which is that, you know, um, when people hear me say you got to book shows in your scene and people go, well, Scotty, you fucking live in San Francisco. Like everyone wants to come there. Like we touched on this last week. It doesn't take very many people to make a cool scene. Like you need three bands playing the same style music. I mean, they can all share the same fucking drummer. Basically you need a dozen people and one person knows how to play the drums and you can start a fucking punk or metal scene 
in your town. For example, we used to always stop in Pueblo, Colorado. Okay. Oh, great city. Coming Pueblo. from the they West the Coast. Slopper. Coming from the West Coast, we would usually <clears throat> try to get all the way to the East Coast as fast as possible, like in like six shows from like SF to New yeah. York. And then, but we would want to hit Denver on the way home, right? So we, from here to Pueblo, Colorado, from the Bay Area to Pueblo is a 24 hour drive. So we get like a whole two days ahead. And then you stop in this little town and there's like two killer bands and 20 fans and their families, right? But it's also a really small town. So like we had, like people are coming out just for like, the sh- like literally the show of it like oh wow there's some fucking crazy punk bands playing you know like people in those small scenes buy a lot of merch because they're excited to have somebody come to town they don't get it a lot and any it only takes seriously i mean if you can get two bands in one scene and get some people excited you can you can work up a tour spot yeah like where bands will stop if you can figure out how to make it worth it. So you don't, you don't have to be in New York fucking city. Yeah. Like if you can get 40 people to turn out regularly, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, and 40... it's not that much. And it's just an effort. You know, you can find 40 people that like this shit. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, you know, it's like 40 people. Cause like break down the math just real fast. Okay. 40 people. Okay. You're playing house show probably at that point so no venue fees uh 10 bucks each right so that's like 400 bucks you throw the sound guy 50 to 100 and then you can give the bands 300 they're going to be stoked on that if it's like a small market and then they bought some they they, you know they sold some shirts like bands are stoked on 300 bucks yeah Um, and i've played like a kitchen for like 22 people and it'd been like some of the most memorable shows ever yeah oh yeah that's the thing too right like that's the other this was like something that really like fucked with me when i moved to america because like when i was um i i didn't really I, I, I was going to squat shows in Paris, but like even the squat show had like some government money helping it out. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause Europe, you know, like there's an actual distributor for squats in Europe, like for the like squat record store. There's like a distributor for that. I use Agipunk to get my exactly. records into the squat record stores. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, like, like Agipunk is a thing that exists. That doesn't happen in America, right? So I didn't really understand how it worked until I moved here. And then I would, and then I like found myself in a show in my friend Fluffy's kitchen. And I was like, we can have a show in a kitchen? Cool. It's very American. All, yeah, no, all European bands and especially Japanese bands really want to play a house show because it just doesn't really exist over there. And that's just something to think about to be cool um for for uh, international bands you know give yeah. them that fucking american experience oh i you booked know? like i booked downfall of gaia in the fucking uh, i booked a secret downfall of gaia show on my birthday in like the crustiest basement ever of a house called the pariah with this guy scabies <laughs> it was like oh scabies does he know squirrel <laughs> exactly of course <laughs> scabies knows squirrel like that's also the beauty right is like crust names like that i miss that shit <laughs> um 
I want to. Okay, so I'm I'm realizing that we're we're getting near yeah. thirty minutes. We're getting here near thirty today, minutes, and I but... want to try this thirty minute episode. Oh shit! Did you hear that? What was that? That was my timer. <laughs> okay, so we I didn't realize it was going to go off in my. We Zoom. got so so we got to wrap up. But I don't want to. I don't want to cut it off just like this okay. because I we didn't really mean to make booking a two part episode, and and we'll always talk about this. Um, so in one minute or two, I want to talk about ways you can be prepping for shit to be reopening in the fall. Yeah. If you're not booking a tour, because honestly, if you're thinking about booking a DIY tour right now, uh, professional bookers have holds on every single fucking basement to arena from here. Yeah. To oh yeah. And that's the thing. Timbuktu right? like on hold all, right now, all my friends who are like big dick bookers who have like a background in the hardcore scene which is most of the bookers up to, up up to and including like the biggest metal agent in the country all um, the good bookers started with the what we're talking about now like yeah. people book their own band a tour and now they work for an agency 20 years later and broke like arenas yeah. at all so many people in this space started in a basement and so it's another, it's another avenue there. So but the, right. the, the, the point I just want to make here is a lot of those guys are like hitting up all their basement homies right now and going like, okay, we're back doing fucking basement shows because I need venues and you have a basement and are still doing this 20 years I have later. a band with three tours booked right now, fall, winter, and spring fully booked tours packages yeah if if we don't if we don't all get our shot before the fall we never announce it but the, the bookers are fucking hard at work these people live six months in advance on a regular year so okay yes. so what can you do you know what i'm gonna go do this week now that it seems like the rainy season's over in california i don't i think it might still be winter in some places but it seems like we're out the other end and spring and into summer has begun um, I'm going flyering, baby. Hell for nothing yeah. specific. For nothing specific, dude. All the poles in Berkeley and Oakland are fucking are uh, <laughs> the, for the band. Nothing specific. No, yeah, I would go. I'm I would go see a band called Nothing Specific. It's like I made uh, flyers that just say Necrot, Oakland Death Metal, and I'm just gonna fucking go hit every fucking pole. I made label flyers. I'm just gonna go out and get people prepped for like what's gonna come like fucking we're gonna rock again it's happening like that's the kind of stuff i'm doing second is that pressing plants are backed the fuck up i'm in the i'm got four releases going right now it's gonna be a while i'm not even setting release dates because i'm taking this very casual actually not having any shows booked takes a lot of pressure off me at the label level but check it out Every band that didn't put out their record last year is putting it out this summer. Every band that wrote a whole nother album last year when they thought they were going to be on tour or promoting their previous one is putting out another record this summer. It is fucking packed. It's backed up at all the plants, domestic and international. So plan ahead, baby. Yeah, no, basically like it's going to be hectic you know, there is probably going to be a brief moment before tours really kick off again 
where you're going to be able to like just fucking get really sick venues because like nobody's really willing to risk going on tour. Um, yeah, well, there's there's see, this is where this is this fine line. Like I was talking to a band that got invited to play a, a show in San Francisco, like a social distance show next month. And like I would I act, I advise them just to not do it. I would be very weary to be the first band in your scene to oh, yeah. start doing shows. And for two reasons, a it's still kind of sketch. Well, I mean, right now it's still totally sketch, but I mean, it's still going to be a little sketch for a while. Don't know if you want to be the first band in your scene to do that. I know bands that have played shows over the pandemic that are like secretly 86 now. They don't even know it, but like other bands are like, we're never calling those guys for a show. So you don't want to be that band. And also social distance fucking hardcore metal show like come on dude like it's just not going to be that great of a show i would for you know yeah i think that like a neurosis show show where i was like at a table (laughs) i had like like and it was like like dinner and neurosis that would be dope (laughs) but okay yeah yeah i mean if they obviously get creative but I, I just want you to think about that before you get too excited to, to book a show. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Be patient. It's happening. I think it's happening this year. I am feel good. I know another, like, 10 people that got shots since we last recorded. It's really moving. Where the fuck's yeah. my shot? Did you get a shot yet, Maddie? I, I didn't Are you just a baby? You don't, even get, you don't even get one. We're not giving them to teenagers, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, whatever, <laughs> kid. Keep taking supplements. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm just going to keep taking vitamin D and, and, uh, you know, breathing very occasionally. I should be okay. (laughs) Anyway, this has been Noise Direction, where people who spend too much time on punk teach you how to spend more time on punk. Party on, Wayne. (laughs) Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speaker's Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind Podcast. <laughs>